Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have Chris Sheridan on the line with some beautiful birds in the background. How are you doing, Chris? I'm great. I, I bring birds to <laughs> this Friday Fox. <laughs> His name is Chris, and he brings birds. I'm the bringer of birds. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I am known in very small circles. <laughs> a very small circles. St. Christopher, the bringer of birds. All right. So it is the Emmett Fox Friday show of uh, the Cosmic Eye podcast, and we are speaking on a section called Sentiment Slays. And of course, Emmett Fox is one of the new thought leaders from the 20th century, uh, very popular in New York. And of course, his stuff was really heavily drawn from uh, by people like Reverend Ike and some of the uh, and some of the new thought people that were well known in the 70s and 80s and so forth. So he's a foundational new thought of a speaker and writer and we are working from his book find and use your inner power otherwise known as sparks of truth and this is one of these books that uh these very short little ideas about kind of how to how to change your mind how to change your thinking and thus how to change your life basically so each one is a short little uh little episodic uh piece of information that you need to live a better life. So we're going to get into sentiment slays, and Chris is going to start today. So we'll jump right in. All right. Well, just uh, to start, slays does not mean like cool, like it means now. <laughs> when he did this, like, well, you really slayed it out there, man. It was great. Um, so this sentiment slays is, is really in the, the negative. So as he states, sentiment is usually a shortcut to unhappiness and failure. It is more deadly than poison gas, more cruel than the Inquisition, more subtle than self-love. Sentiment really means pretending. It means making believe that an emotion that is really dead is still alive. It means pretending that something is fine or joyous or worthwhile when in fact it is none of those things. Thus, it means a waste of time, a waste of the soul substance which is lavished upon a lie. Worst of all, sentiment shuts us off from the realization of good in the present moment. Sentiment usually pretends that some happiness is lost beyond recall, or else it persuades us to worship an unreal abstraction of some kind on the ground that actual conditions are not worth caring about. Live in present and let the dead past bury its dead. No good thing that ever existed is out of reach when you understand the spiritual nature of being. See to it that today and tomorrow are filled with beauty and joy, and this you can do through treatment. Remember that people never sentimentalize over present good. They enjoy it, and therefore, excuse me, and thereby glorify God. When they sentimentalize, it is always for something supposedly out of reach. No good experience is out of your reach because God himself is with you. So essentially, what he's talking about then is this idea of sentimentality or this sort of fixation on some something in the past or something in the future that's kind of divorced from from reality in a lot of ways. So in other words, like when a bunch of guys are sitting around talking about the old football days in the past and, you know, how great everything was in high school and and that kind of thing over, you know, over some beers that's that kind of sentimentalizing that he's talking about. Um, it's kind of looking back with a utopian ideal on the past or even looking forward, right? Right. And that the past, um, sometimes you can remember just the good parts. 
about the past. Yeah. And that's a distortion. Uh, there may have been a lot of difficult things or a lot of really bad things. But if the one thing that you're sentimentalizing, I guess, on is, you know, it's, oh, wow, that's great. I wish, wish it were like that again. I think also when, when people go back to their youth, uh, teens, you know, 20s or something, uh, it's not just, you know, what America was like then or the things you were doing then. It's, it's just a stage in your life um, where you didn't maybe have some of the worries or troubles or fears <laughs> that you have now. Mm. Um, and, you know, that may have been true then, um, but to get stuck in that and think, oh gosh, you know, it's just out of reach uh, for me now is you're just, yeah, you're just setting yourself up for, for a fall. Yeah. It's, and I think too, it's like, it's something that, you know, people often do with relationships, right? So, you know, you think about this, girlfriend or boyfriend or ex-wife or ex-husband or whatever you know lover this or that you know from the past so many years ago and you sort of idealize that person after all this time goes by and you forget that you know there's a reason why you're not with that person anymore do you know what i mean well people you know i've done it um try to get back with your ex um yeah you know physically the connection's there and it's like i missed you and yeah boy, how could we have ever left each other? And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, oh my God, that's why we broke. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> can kind of forget remember. that. Yeah, yeah, you get a crash course in memory. Um, but yeah, this, this sentiment, it also works in a negative thing too. You can look back at a pain or a wound or a betrayal uh, that happened in the past, maybe by an ex. Um, and you can re-sentiment it uh, feel it over and over this emotional trauma mm -hmm. and never escape it. And, you know, 10 years can go by, 20 years can go by and well, yeah, I know, but that bully in high school or, you know, my ex-husband did, you know, whatever it was, you can feel that, that emotion, you can conjure it up and feel it like on a gut level uh, over and over again, year after year after year. And you've really made this thing through sentimentality you know, the negative side of it, um, or at least, you know, the dark part of it, that you've made it much worse than it was to begin with. Maybe it was a bad thing that happened in a time and place. Maybe the person's redeemed themselves and life has moved on and the world doesn't operate that way anymore. Uh, it doesn't make the injustice any less when it happened, but to constantly feel it over and over again, maybe you've made something that was bad into a real bad monster. It's a distortion, an exaggeration. Yeah, exactly. Either way, if you're exaggerating a happiness or uh, exaggerating, um, you know, really a negative experience. Yeah, so you could you could re-sentiment re or sort of re-experience or rethink about negative. That's where resentment comes from. Yeah, good point. Re resent, mm -hmm. resentiment, you know, yeah. So those are, you know, those are both both destructive forms of that. And I think really what he's getting at then is to be in a place where you're seeing things clearly about the past or, or, you know, when you're projecting in the future, you're looking at it clearly and using sort of all your senses. And this is where we can kind of talk a little bit about the difference between emotion and feeling and speaking of in the, in the Jungian sense. So in, in, in Jung's system, he has uh, these four functions that operate within us. And, you know, we, we lean towards one or, or two of them most of our lives. And then as we get older, usually at midlife, 
you know, these other, the other two functions may come online or they, they may not. It depends on how far you develop, but, you know, they're thinking, feeling, sensation, and, uh, and intuition. And so, you know, what we're talking about, there's a, there's a big difference. You know, a lot of times we get confused between, I do this myself too, between feeling and emotion. So feeling is a quality whereby you're, you're evaluating and judging things almost on a sort of a heart level. It's a quality of, I like this, or I don't like that, or this feels right to me, or that doesn't feel right. And, but it's, it's intelligent, you know, it's guided by the heart. It's guided by something, something beyond rational thinking, but it's still valid. Whereas an emotional reaction is more like a, a gut reaction. And um, it's something that is a little more sort of primitive and it might not be attached to any logic or any actual sort of heartfelt kind of understanding, but it might be based on, on some sort of primitive survival mechanism or something like that, you know, or even some kind of negative information that, you know, we've, we've gathered over the years or whatever. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? About that? Cause we talked about that before the show and I like what you had to say. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought it up and you know, I'm guilty of that too, uh, interchanging those two uh, terms, feeling and emotion. Cause you know, emotions can be a feeling and uh, I guess feelings can, can get emotional. I guess, yeah, again, the difference is that it's this uh, emotion has more of a charged uh, in the moment kind of element to it Mm -hmm. that, you know, and whereas feeling, maybe feelings have been developed over time and they're maybe a little more stable uh, and, you know, thought out. You're saying, you know, there's intelligence in the heart, the heart mind uh, comes through experience and you you can have feelings about things or feelings you know for someone or something mm-hmm. that can be actually very matured and aren't susceptible to the current conditions or say a situation comes up whereas emotions they seem to blow with the wind yeah um, somebody agrees with me oh my gosh that they're awesome uh listen see this guy's got it going on he's agreeing with me he's you know i support everything he do- what he said the wrong thing. Oh, now he disagrees with me. Canceled. <laughs> you know, it, it can really be this, uh, you know, flip from one side to the other. You know, feelings can, you're talking about, you know, more mature feelings. Those can evolve over time mm-hmm. and they can change um, with things. But they're, they're more stable, even if they change. Uh, they seem, they're more of a guiding uh, part of your life, you know, that you have, you know, conviction, these feelings that have, developed and they've you've had an experience with them and they've either either been proven or disproven Mm -hmm. as working factors in your life um whereas yeah you're talking about emotions being uh, more of a you know reaction to to something that somehow threatens me if your feelings are really strong and your beliefs and your values um they're gonna hold true no matter which way the wind blows so that might be a way of kind of determining you know where are you coming from a feeling part or you know this kind of reactive emotional yeah response good point and i think uh you know that that sort of emotional reaction kind of thing sort of like that knee-jerk reaction is is something that's almost like like it's when people are quote-unquote triggered by things and things like that you know it's something that kind of but that's 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 connected to that that sort of sentimentality that we're, that we're talking about. And this is why we're getting into this because it's not attached to something that has a foundation under it. 
you know, you're, you're idealizing something or you're stripping away the, the negative qualities of it or ignoring them. And you're over overly identifying yourself with a person or a movement or some kind of way of thinking or the past or an unborn future. And you're idealizing. And that's what he means by this sentimentality. You know, the, the French have a much more developed feeling function in the Jungian sense than, than Americans do in general. And, you know, they, they always make, make fun of us and the Germans for being overly sentimental, you know, with all of our kind of, you know, old timey ideas and things that we kind of look to in the past as being the good old days and things like that. And it's not that those things are necessarily bad. I mean, there, there are great things in the past. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that before the show. You know, you want to have a reverence for the past, but you don't want to forget the challenges and difficulties because that's the learning opportunity. If you idealize something, I think he's getting at this idea, uh, and sentimentalize something, then you strip out the possibilities to learn from the past or the present, or even, you know, or even think about how a future, the future might be better because you're not wrestling with it and dealing with the hard problems and challenges that, you know, that were going on at that time. You, you, you know, what you're doing when you sentimentalize is you're taking away all the negative stuff and you're only remembering a certain number of positive things, or you're ignoring, you know, the kind of negative, difficult, or, you know, non-realistic ideas that are attached to that idea, right? Right. And also, like he says, that it's it's a pretending um, that some happiness is lost beyond recall. Yeah. Um, or you worship some unreal abstraction. Some, and that's that, you know, the ideal is one thing. I mean, really, our, you know, our reach should, should go way beyond what we're able to grasp. Yeah. You want to look out beyond where you're even able to see. You yeah. know? Um, of course, that's growth. We have to do that or you don't grow. Uh, look at the plant, the seed in the in the dirt. It can't see the sun or anything like that, but it knows to grow up and come through the soil of the earth and and uh, unfold its leaves and uh, become what it actually needs to be. But this out of reach. A lot of times when we sentimentalize something, we're saying not only was this better, whether that's accurate or not, <laughs> looking back you know, with rosy glasses or looking ahead at some wow, wouldn't that be nice. Um, it's also you know, coming with it. It's just, you're set up to fail because it has this unreachable. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be great? Um, or, well, gosh, it was so great back then. You're really saying you're screwed now because it's whatever's so great in the future isn't going to show up today. And whatever was so awesome back then is gone and lost forever. Uh, it leaves you kind of nowhere in the middle, which is where everything should be in the present. That's where it all happens. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think that's the biggest thing with this, you know, with this with this section of the book is that he's saying, you know, that's where sentiment slays, where sentiment sort of kills the moment that you're in. It kills the experience of joy now. You know, and we have, of course, that that great saying from from Ram Dass, who may he rest in peace, uh, be here now, you know, live in this present moment. And I think that's really what he's trying to get at. You know, no good experience is out of your reach because God himself is with you, you know, is within you. You know, that, that there's there's never any time when that joy shouldn't be there. So to project it back into some place in some mythical past or to project it forward into some yet unattained future 
you know, is, is, is really pretty deadly is what he's saying to the moment now, our joy now, our, our livingness and, and our experiences now, right? Yeah, and you're completely denying you know, any capacity, uh, internal capacity toward, you know, achieving ideals mm -hmm. and reaching and, you know, moving forward in a progressive way to, towards a better life personally and collectively. You're, it, it kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Well, that was better than, or that could be so much better, but it's so utter, well, that'll never happen. Then you end up doing nothing, and it's a futile exercise. Again, these ideals are great, and these past memories, you know, why not think of them wonderfully? And, and why not maybe reduce some of all the negative associations and, and have that joyous memory? But sentimentality gets you locked in this was better than, can't happen anymore now, or this could be better than, but I don't see it here. Um, that's that's the deadliness yeah. I think that he's that he's you know getting to. Uh, why not have good memories? Why not have future ideals? You got oh, to. For sure, that's great. Exactly. And then when you're done <laughs> thinking of those things, get to work in the present moment and say, "Wow, what wonderful thing can happen?" You know, in this day, what beauty can I uncover? What can I share? Uh, maybe these are the good old days. You know, let's make them the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we can look back on today at some other time saying, wow, you know, we were under the gun, you know, we were under this pressure and all hope seemed lost. And we dug our heels in the present moment and took action and put our hearts into it. And wow, we did that, you know, but that's something we're doing today that we can later look back upon. Good point. Yeah. I mean, let's look at something like right now. It's like, you know, we're in the middle of you know, this, this COVID-19 pandemic thing, you know, and I hate to bring it up again, because we just talked about it ad infinitum. But the point is, yeah. the point is in this, is that, and we don't actually speak about it ad infinitum, you and I, but you know, we hear about it yeah. everywhere we go. But the point is, is that, you know, I, I think we find ourselves in this, this kind of idealizing right now, because we're like, oh, won't it be so great when we can go back and do all the things that we used to be able to do? And, you know, man, and, you know, you know, in six months or two months or two weeks or whatever it is that we think it's going to all, you know, all be done. It's going to be so awesome to get back to my, my normal life. And it's like you, I believe me, it's, it's great to get back to, you know, freedom of movement and gathering with your friends and, you know, being able to do the things you want to do, but there's idealizing in that also. And there's a sentiment, sentimentalizing in it as well, because, you know, you forget that, you know, day-to-day -day life carries its challenge. Oh, you can get back to commuting to work, you know, an hour and a half and sitting in that traffic again. And you can get back to sitting in your cubicle, you know, bitching about Bob next, next to you who, you know, plays his, uh, his, his right-wing radio too loud all day long and you hate it. And you know what I'm saying? It's like we forget about all the stuff that, you know, that annoys us about day-to-day -day living and, and, and idealizing. And then what that does is it cuts us off from the present moment joy. You can live in the moment. Enjoy the time you have anywhere you are. You know, now is the right time. Don't sentimentalize about, you know, what it's going to be like a week from now, two weeks from now, you know, three years from now. Live now. Yes, have ideals. I think that's a great point you make. You know, the archetypal ideal. Let's shoot for this wonderful way of living, this ideal, but also be realistic about how that's going to occur. 
you know, and use all your functions, use your thinking, use your intuition, use your sensation to verify whether or not these things are actually tangible and use your feeling function, which allows you to think about and, and feel through things like, do I like this? Does this feel right? Not, it's not a knee jerk emotion. It's a, it's a, an evaluation of something. Artists use feeling when they paint a picture, they use feeling this color feels right. And it's, and it sits right and it looks right. And they, but they, they also use their other senses to verify that that feeling was correct. You know what I'm saying? So, but you can't do that when you're sentimentalizing, right? Well, cause you're, you're sentimentalizing on something that doesn't exist. Exactly. The color blue exists and the artist can have a feeling about it. But you're, it's some idealized fantasy, even if it's based in reality of something in the past or um, maybe a, a very much a very possible future uh, that you're you know, idealizing or abstracting on. But it's still an abstraction. And what you can't have in that past is gone, sentimentality, um, or what um, you don't have. Um, that can easily be counteracted in the present moment by being grateful for what you do have and put yourself to work, your head and your heart, on to what you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this life, in this body, you know, at this time. You know, because really this, this you know, either the past or the future kind of thinking, um, really says, you know, doesn't, doesn't allow even the joy in, and he mentions that, you know, in the here and now, but we can always start with gratitude. If we want to get back in the present moment and yeah, we can compare that. Well, we're not suffering like, you know, our forefathers did or, or other people in other places and other people in our communities that are suffering greatly. Um, probably not too far away. Um, but without really even comparing, just, just you know, being grateful for what you have, regardless of if somebody else has more or less, what do you have here and now in your health, in your family, in your life, in your mind that you've you know, developed ideas and you've learned things in your education um, and you've you know, had experience in life and you know, what, what do you have now? What's, what do you have personally, like individually and what do you have like, around you? Uh, in your family and community um, and be grateful for that because then that will be more then you're oh, okay now you're using the stuff of today if you're grateful for what you have then you can work with that wow let's make let's use that to make one thing just a little bit better and then you're you're making this ideal come true yeah that's a great point and it's like you know there's a difference between sentimentalizing the past and um, having a certain amount of reverence and learning from it and appreciating it, you know, appreciating what the, uh, yeah. you know, the, your, your ancestors, what the people who came before you, appreciating the, the time that you had doing X, Y, Z or whatever you did and, and so on. There's an appreci appreciation and a gratitude for that and an understanding of it. But then you also recognize that it wasn't all rosy and you know, there were challenges and so forth. And the same goes with the future. Like, look forward to the future. You know, have your dreams, have your goals and ambitions. Um, but also realize that, you know, it's not going to be this magical utopia when you get there, you know, two years or five years or 10 years forward. You know, it's you're going to you're going to have you're living your life. And if you're not in the moment, 
appreciating it for what it is, where, whatever time you're in, you're not going to enjoy it, right? So don't sentimentalize. You made a, yeah, well, you made such a good point about the, the past. And, you know, some cultures uh, revere ancestors and, you know, deceased relatives, uh, even elderly uh, people still alive in the family, like in multi-generational homes. Um, that there's a real respect for that. You're not turning back the clock. Or, oh, I wish things were back when when Grandma was young. Um, I wish that for that today. But you know, there's a, a respect and a like I said, a reverence um, for that that should be honored. Uh, that they made it through their time, just like we in our time need to make it through this time, so our future generations can respect us and what we did. Uh, but it's not at all living in the past. It's it's really you know, you know, we say standing on the shoulders of giants in in science, you know, the reason why we can see so far uh, in the future is because we are standing on the shoulders of giants. And so some respect for how we got here. And really, if you want to take something like you mentioned at the beginning is the it's the back in football in high school, I played hockey, but um, whatever it is, uh, sometime in your youth, um, you know, and those were the good old days and reminiscing and oh, wasn't that great? And we did this and do that. Um, you know, if you want to relive that again, if you want to make that a real and vital part of your today, don't you try to go back there. You had your turn. You had that experience. Do what you can to volunteer for some little league team or, you know, help support artists or, or whatever it is that you got joy at that time. Of your life. Help, help the people mm -hmm. now have that same because you didn't do it alone you had coaches and schools and uniforms and mascots and all, all that kind of stuff um you know help contribute to somebody else having that experience that once in a lifetime period of your life where you can years later look back on help create those experiences for somebody else then you're really paying it forward and you're also honoring and maybe in some way in a different seat you get to experience that joy again yeah, but on, on, in an unsentimental way, it's in a, in a, in a, it's grounded yeah. in the present, isn't it? You know, so that. Well, look at Santa Claus, you know, we believe in Santa Claus. We don't believe in Santa Claus. We become Santa Claus. And it's in the becoming that you believe again. Nice. Let's, let's end it on that, that great, uh, that, wow. <laughs> that great thought. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Say, say that again. Uh, well, I guess it's like a Hegelian dialectic. We believe almost. in Santa Claus. Um, then then you don't, don't believe in Santa Claus. And then you become Santa Claus. Genius. Genius. But to become Santa Claus, you have to renew that belief. Yeah, exactly. But from a new standpoint, right? You're in a different exactly. place in, in the yeah in the situation, just like you can coach the, the youth uh sport leagues um and then they can have that time of their there life great point and that's yeah. that's honoring the past but living in the moment so slay that sentiment as or sentiment slays yeah. your present moment you know enjoyment of life is really kind of what uh, what fox is getting out of this so and remember too no good experience is out of your reach because god himself is with you that's that dynamic god presence that's always available to us at any given time but we have to be in the moment and in the present to be able to experience that so keep that in mind 
So as you can, you know, do the best uh, with the time that you've got right now. And if you're stuck at home, make the best of it and enjoy the people that are around you. And you probably look back and, you know, with some sentimentality on these times at some point. And that's the, that's the crazy thing about us as human beings. But try to, you know, try to stay grounded in the present and living joyfully. And, you know, and also he said, uh, you know, you can do treatment for yourself. Um, you can fill your life with beauty, enjoy doing treatment. And one good treatment, just a real quick one, affirmation, is the old uh, Emil Kue. And what is that, Chris? Day by day, in every way, I am getting better and better. Bam. That's it right there. So thank you for joining us on uh, this Emma Fox Friday for the Cosmic Eye Show. Uh, check us out on Sunday as well for our longer show that we do. And uh you know, check us out at CosmicEye.org or at ChrisSheridan.com, and you can uh, find out more about us there and see our books. Uh, if you can worry, you can meditate is my book, and Chris's is The Spirit in the Sky. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, blessings. Have a great uh, weekend. Goodbye, and God bless.